You're listening to Setting Stages with Eddie Mack. I'm your host, Eddie Macaranis, and I'm a former dancer and co-founder of Choreo Cookies Dance Team. I connect with people who've hustled an unconventional path. Topics we cover range from leadership, art, business, entertainment, health and fitness, social media, and lifestyle. You can leverage their knowledge and experiences to gain an edge on your personal and professional improvement. I want you to discover how you can create a clearer path in your journey by learning from others who've set the stage in their own discipline. Gain a better understanding of their strategies, struggles, and successes of the real leaders and real people behind these stories. Let's go. Hey, if you've ever engaged on Instagram with me, you'll know that I post on occasion uh, that perfection is killing your ambition. It's kind of a theme that I've thrown out there several times throughout the course of the last few years. And, um, and I still stand by that to some degree, but I'm here joined in this episode with someone who says that perfection is actually okay. And when I hear her stance on it, I would definitely respect her take on it, and I want you guys to share and think of what it is that she's saying um, and, and maybe weigh in on your take on it yourself. Well, my whole premise about you know perfection killing your ambition when we overthink things when we overthink our goal or the end product of what we want to accomplish sometimes we start thinking about what's the perfect path to get to that what do i need to know and if i'm not prepared and i don't do it right then what ends up happening is that it gets messed up and it's not going to be perfect and if it's not perfect then people will judge me and if people judge me i don't feel good about myself and i don't want to try at all so perfection kills your ambition and yet, the person that I'm speaking with today on today's show is a solo artist, soloist by the name of Steffi Abayan, who says that perfection is okay. Being a perfectionist to some degree before you put out the product that you plan to promote, wow, look at that alliteration, um, is okay. And you know what? As you listen, I want you to think about the quality of your work. What are some of your discomforts? When do you feel most confident about your work or your product? And what would it take for you to better manage the balance between the two of those things? Aside from that, Steffi is going to talk to you about the differences um, and discomforts that she experiences being a recording artist versus being a vocal performer. I didn't even know there was a difference between the two, but I learned that in this discussion. Uh, she'll also share with you her method to writing music and the inspiration behind her music, some common challenges that she encounters as a musical artist in the San Diego scene, and she explains her take on the benefits of being an independent artist. So again, marinate on the questions that I asked you, but at the same time, she's got a great story to share uh, as far as her journey in music. So, are you ready? Let's go. Right. Welcome to Setting Stages with Eddie Mack. Thank you. I'm here with Steffi Abayan, ladies and gentlemen, singer and songwriter based out in San Diego. Um, I met her through uh, Infinite Expression, which is a nonprofit um, event that just kind of celebrates art. Saw her perform there for the very first time a year ago, and then we reacquainted ourselves with one another this past event this year. So um, over the course of one year, I didn't see you one bit other than through social me media. 
but I know that when I first saw you, I was intrigued by your voice. Your performance and presence on stage was really engaging. Thank you. Yeah. And then when I saw you again and I heard your song, it sparked um, an even more higher curiosity for me to learn more about you. And after kind of visiting your page on Instagram a few times, I was more and more intrigued by what your story might have been. And I know we talked a couple of times before actually coming to the point of being in front of one another for this podcast. But um, I think that you've got really, really good insight to share. And I think that it's so fitting of what my audience is looking for. So I appreciate you sharing your light with us. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. And again, you are also an inspiration. So thank you for having this podcast for the world. Yeah, yeah. I love this stuff. I love learning (laughs) about people. And I think that this is going to be cool. Um, I guess for the sake of people who um, are still learning about you, and I know that you're an emerging artist and everything, tell us about you. Like, let us know who you are, childhood, everything. Like, where were you born and, you know, everything about your youth. Yeah. Okay, so I was born in Okinawa. I was, I am a Navy brat. My dad was in the Navy, a corpsman, and then he brought us to America. Um, I'm an only child, so I just had to do art that was my thing like yeah. just being alone i was like i'm going to draw i'm going to dabble with piano and so that was really fun for me um at what age were you dabbling in that kind of stuff like i mean to play the piano um well my mom would actually sing nursery songs but she would play the piano and i'd like sing with her and she was like oh my god she has a terrible voice actually <laughs> she was like pretty like hopeless on like my career as a singer Aww. she was like oh my god she's a bad singer <laughs> and like um we i actually had a performance for my grandma when i was five years old and i was supposed to sing with a family friend and he ended up bailing because he was so nervous so i ended up singing by myself and like I did it. My knees were shaking. And then they threw money at me because at Filipino parties, if you perform and you're good, they throw money at you. I totally know that. Yeah. Too. And like, I remember making like 60 bucks that night. And I'm like, oh my God. Wait, I can- 60? 60 Get the bucks. Heck out of here. I remember at five like, years old, no. I was like, I opened my first bank account when I was five. I was like, Dad, let's go to the bank. And I had a bank account when I was five. Oh my gosh, dude. And I just, I wanted to make money. Yeah? At first, it was all about money. <laughs> You're like, hey, I can <laughs> just then perform and make money. I performed like a couple months later and I made $200. Yeah. Wait, this is another family party? Another family party. They just Get threw money at here. me. And so I was like... I'm going to make money from singing. If that wasn't inspiring already. And you, what are you, five years old? Get out of here, dude. That's crazy. First of all, I know what you're talking about. So it's like one of those things, I don't know if it's like tradition, but it's definitely in our culture as Filipinos to like encourage performance, performing arts, right? Yeah. But like, I remember going to parties when I was, I don't know, like, preteen teenager and like i i grew up with cousins who are around the same age mm-hmm. and we would break dance at family parties yeah and i remember money being thrown at us then yeah but you're look, talking about like quarters and like a couple of dollars here and there split among three performers yeah. you know what i'm saying so i'm a little jealous that you made 60 bucks i, made I don't 60 even think bucks. we made 10 so. <laughs> that's cool yeah it's it was a fun thing. All right, so, so obviously that was encouraging, right? Like, yes. so so you can make money off of singing. You're like, that was it. That was your inspiration. 
um, other than mom um, singing to you and then you having a performance for grandma, like how else was music involved in your life um, as a youth? Um, so my other grandma on my mom's side was actually diagnosed with cancer. And so my aunt would take us during the summer and we'd drive all the way to from Oceanside to San Diego, the Naval Hospital in Balboa. And we'd sit in traffic and listen to music. And she would always have Patsy Cline and Gladys Knight. And so just, I, I learned everything and it just became intuitive for me to like have all these lyrics and just being exposed to the radio. I accumulated a lot of just different, from Brian Adams to Celine Dion and Mariah Carey, that was like, it was natural for me to sing. And so every time, like, I sing in the car nonstop to this day. So, really? like, it's just like, yeah. The it's car just ride. in you, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, those moments with your aunt were obviously reminiscent. There was something significant for you that kind of stood out. And you were there to go visit grandma, who was diagnosed with cancer, no less. So. Yes. Um, how do you think that plays a part in like the importance of music, um, having that connection to or association with that car ride and who you were going to see and what it was for? Um, well, with my grandma, I would tell her like all my like secret like ideas as to be an artist. I'd tell her like, Grandma, my stage name is going to be Saja, which is my initials. Oh, cool. And so she would always just encourage everything out of me. She said, yes. Yes, and she was just my yes woman, and that's a good thing to have. Your team and your encouragement is everything. Interesting. You know, in a lot of the conversations that I'll have with other artists or any creative for that matter on this show, which is typically who I speak with is that type, um, in our culture, actually, a lot of the times immigrant families are not so encouraging of a very unconventional path, hence why I started this show. And um, yet there are people out there like you who have pursued it, and you're telling me that your family was really kind of the opposite, and instead they were encouraging artistry, creativity as a way of life. Yes, and I'm very lucky. To this day, my parents are, yes, music, do music. And really? They don't care how long it takes, and I'm just so lucky. They gave me piano lessons, dance lessons, singing lessons, and like I said, my dad took me to the bank, and he was like, yes, we'll do this. And then from then, he networked, and he actually got um, different artists like April Boy Rahino. Have you ever heard of him? No, I can't He's say like, no. A Filipino rock star. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I, I opened for him and he he did what he he could to get me far. And uh, he exposed me to different other different Filipino artists. Wow. That, um, Carol Banawa. I opened for her. Get out of here. Yeah. Huh? And so I got to meet different producers that worked in the Philippines. And yeah. How did you guys come across and I may have missed that how did you how did you come across um the opportunity to open for him my dad just networks he just really? knows people or he's just magical and wants my life to be magical oh man I'm very lucky that's so sweet the way you said it too yeah I love my dad <laughs> <laughs> um every every time I have a performance um the first time I ever performed he said sing from the heart yeah and so 
every time I have a performance, whether he's there or not, I always give him a call and he gives me that same from the heart. Oh, right on. Reminder, so. so you've been doing this for so long and with the same encouraging atmosphere for so many years. Um, awesome opportunities that I actually didn't know about, you know, based on the conversations that we've had in the past. So that's really cool. Um, you mentioned that these are artists and producers from the Philippines. Did you travel to the Philippines at all to, to do any of the work? No. Okay. I did not. And so we actually did buy the rights to perform a Filipino song. Okay. Um, her, we had someone write a patriotic song, and basically that actually turned me off as an artist when I started recording hmm. and listening to myself in a different way. I'm like, oh, my God, this is weird. So, like, the pressure, like, I... That's where I cracked. When I was 17, um, my parents put all this money to buy this song. And I just was like, oh, my God, this is not what I want. And so from 16 to after college, I actually stopped singing and oh. performing. Oh, man. And it, it, it had everything to do with the kind of music that was being recorded. Um, you mentioned patriotic song. Um, not No, I <clears throat> like the song. I sing it well. Mm. But the pressure, being a recording artist is different than a performer. Okay. Um, Tell me about that. I actually don't know that there's even a difference, actually. So I enjoy the feedback of like other people, and I enjoy singing to others. And so when you're in a studio, um, it's just you. And I'm like, this is, I'm all by myself. So oh, it's a little gotcha. weird when you're in a little box. Um, but um, I since I'm recording now in different studios, we've explored different ways to record. So it's comfortable for me. And so we put myself in a performance environment. So I'm holding a mic. Usually you have that mic propped up, but I like holding the mic. I like delivering to people. So now I enjoy it. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're definitely a stage presence type of woman. Yes. You, you like to be in front of the crowd and, um, for lack of a better word, to entertain and please them, honestly, but it's sharing your gift um, in front of people and getting the feedback immediately uh, mm -hmm. on, the, on the spot. That's interesting in that like the studio almost like it dissuaded you from continuing on as an artist. Yeah. So how long was that stint of time where you weren't singing? Uh, from 16 to after college. Wow. I mean, I, I did still like perform for like college events but it wasn't the same passion that i had when i was younger sure and, and then now i feel young again yeah, yeah yeah and so i'm doing my own dance lessons and piano lessons and i'm paying for it this time for myself sure yeah um but back then i felt like i had to do it and then now I just want to do it. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and there's a huge difference between the two, but it's such a fine line between the two at the same time, yeah. you know? Um, when it comes to performing and being that you find so much in, I don't know, I guess, fulfillment from being in front of a, an audience, mm -hmm. how often do you perform now? Um, right now I'm heavily performing for the Burn Institute, actually. I just did one of their galas in the beginning of May, and then I'll be doing the Demolition Derby in 
June at the Del Mar Fair, and I did that as well last year. Um, and then I also sing for the Freemasons because my dad is in the Masons. Yeah. And um, I sing for their ceremony. They call me their songbird. Um, but I mean, I'm trying to get more performances. Cool. I just auditioned for some performances in downtown. Okay. Um, but open mics, I like going to PB Cantina specifically. Cool. All right. Dude, yeah, shout it so out, man. Shout out, yeah. <laughs> um, I love the bar scene. Yeah. Because you get those like rowdy people who are just fun and crazy. And so I like performing for that kind of group. Yeah, yeah. And then there's That environment's just, like just... There's the clean atmosphere. I actually do have a performance June 26th at Queen Bee's as cool. well. All right. Um, I got a 30-minute set. Nice. Yeah. Wow, that's a big set. And I am also auditioning for another girl group. But right now, I'm just trying to be ex- expose myself to different parts of town and so, different people. Um, as far as re- your pursuit to get gigs like, um, you know, PB, for instance, is an op- is that an open mic? Or is that, yes. is that the cantina? Um, well, you can just show up, I imagine, and just kind of sign your name in or what? No. Okay, so how does it work? I actually Googled like open mics in San Diego okay. and I've been to the Adams Avenue or not Adams Avenue, Adams Listats. And that one a lot of people go to and it's actually a lottery mm. and it goes from six to midnight. Sometimes. Oh, really? So yeah, you could be you, there for six solid hours until you're even called up. And you might not even be called up. Wow. And um, Queen Bees has an open mic on Tuesdays. You have to pay $5, and that's a good one to start out, too. Um, but I like PB Cantina just because of the crowd, again, like I said. And um, that one isn't as pa- impacted, like, with too many performers. Okay. But they do give a 30-minute spot to, like, one person as long as they bring people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I I really you mentioned the atmosphere of like being in a bar and like how that intimacy. I don't know if it is intimacy, but I mean as you've said it, for me the reason why I enjoy those environments is because of the intimacy. Yeah. I love that it's small, crowded, um, you know, and smells like alcohol. There's something about yeah. that feeling and then hearing the vocalist like right in front of you and sometimes a band to back them up. It really brings me into the music. I, I mean, I think that music universally, like it's really fun to listen to and everything through speakers, but there's something about a live performance in a dingy, like feeling place yeah. that like brings me in. Is that what you get as a performer? How, like how, what is that perspective like being behind the mic versus being in the audience? So, I mean, I'm actually like, I like the crowd of being in a bar. Uh-huh. But I actually get less nervous with more people. Interesting. Like I can sing in front of a thousand people and I'll be like, all right, that's fine. But the less people, I get more nervous. Curious. Yeah. Hmm. So it's it's a thing. Like, Yeah? <laughs> what is it about it? I Because, okay, first of all, standing in the booth recording a song where no one is really watching, you're completely out of your element. Uh-huh. And yet, you know, you could be in front of 2,000 people, be completely comfortable and the less the crowd is, you become more and more uncomfortable. What yeah. is it about that? I guess I'm just put under a microscope. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, oh my god, now you can see all the details. And how funny. Yeah. But you, but you want to do it nonetheless, yeah. and so it's oh, that's cool. It's just I just find it so intriguing. Like that's it's quite the opposite. I okay, so I enjoy public speaking. Um, so I don't sing, but I do like being behind a microphone. Love talking to people, giving speeches and such. And it could be five people, but it could also be five thousand people, and I've I still get the same jitters regardless. So like it's not like I'm completely comfortable. A little piece of me is still uncomfortable, but that kind of helps me stay on my toes. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit different for you where like less people kind of makes you feel like you are being scrutinized to the yeah. T, huh? <laughs> That's interesting. Well, okay, so I kind of digress there. Just I just was so curious to know like what's that feeling like? And I really like the intimate crowd though as an as an audience member. Totally different, I'm yeah. sure for you as a, as the performer. Um well when it, when it comes to your artistry right now and and in your craft, are there some common challenges that you encounter like regularly that you're like just trying to navigate through and you just haven't found that thing to kind of like get past it? I know I have my my version of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm a perfectionist, so the cur- the courage to just deliver okay. because I've revised so many of my songs like probably 10 times each. It's just because I'm like, this could be better. This could be better. But at some point, I have to just be like, just deliver. And so that's one of my challenges. Yeah. Are you the final say in a lot of your the music that's, that you produce? Absolutely. You are. Yes. Okay, great. And of course, I want feedback. Um, I enjoy like constructive criticism. But I work with a community where they're also like, it's it's your project, so tell us what to do. Interesting. Too. So I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know sometimes, yeah. but you have to make a decision and commit to it. For sure. I, I think that um, this day and age too, where everything is moving so darn fast. So fast. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, it, it's a good thing in, in my view and my lens of it is it's a good thing. We've become very efficient um, but at the same time, I guess on the flip side of the coin, it might seem to others that it's like everything's so fast and so given to us immediately that gratification needs to happen. For you, um, there's a method to your perfection. You want to make the the best product possible. How do you balance or what's your opinion on balancing the speed of how people want their content and their music in this case versus how quickly an artist can, should put their music together? How do you balance that out? I mean, right now, I don't have any contracts. I don't have any deadlines. It's my project. And I did have expectations, but I guess right now it's just no one really expects an album from me. So I get to take my time and cool and just fall in love with it first. I think that's like my thing first i respect that thank you yeah i respect that fall in love with it first yeah like i don't i don't have to do this but i want to do it and so that's why it's fun being an independent artist and you can get to you get to set your own expectations not live up to the expectations of others as as far as um you wanting to do this um what do you get from it I mean, music is just therapy in itself. It teaches me about myself. Music 
has taught me about unconditional love. Like I said, like I stopped at 16 to 14 or 24, basically after college. And then I found out I love it even more. And so like, that's like a lesson of unconditional love. That whole thing about like, let it go. And if it comes back, then yeah. it was meant to be, it really did happen for you, huh? Yes. Man, that's a big chunk of time too, a solid eight years from 16 yeah. to 24. Um, what brought you back? Um, so a boyfriend broke my heart, shattered me, and I did my whole Taylor Swift. Get out of here. And I you were like, like the Adele. <laughs> I did the whole Adele Taylor Swift, like spilt out my heart. Oh my gosh. And then like I looked back at my lyrics and I was just like, okay, that's very painful. I'm just yelling now. Like it's <laughs> angry. And so I'm like, step back calm down yeah. and so i actually was not a songwriter until a couple years ago okay um everyone was like you should write your own music and i'm like no i'll just be a singer um i'll just sing and then i just dabbled with it at the end of college i just wrote some lyrics and i usually start out with a chorus and then um i actually developed i finished two songs and i'm like oh just keep doing it and it just became a practice of habit mm. and i eventually came to write like five songs a day at one point wow okay. right now like my creativity on writing songs has like it's in a dry spell but when it comes it flows right like, on yeah. yeah it sounds like it took an event i guess a broken heart to kind of inspire the songwriting or at least singing about a broken heart and yeah. then songwriting right can you, would you mind diving into like your songwriting process? You just, you touched on it a little bit saying that you usually start with a chorus. Yes. So can you, would you mind breaking that down for us as far as like, how does the full song develop? Yeah. So usually I do start with a chorus and then, um, revolve verses around that theme. Okay. And then sometimes I'll just hum. It, it, it depends. Like it's, I let it just come to me. Hmm. Um, sometimes I'll just be humming in the shower or in the car and try to put some lyrics to it. And sometimes I'll give myself a prompt, like a writing prompt. And I'll just, or sometimes I just want to rhyme with or. Let's just rhyme with or. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it just kind of builds from that sound. Yes. And from there. How about melodies and rhythm? How does that develop? Um, so like I said, like, I like to hum Okay. to find that melody and sometimes I like to just go natural with it. Right. Um, like sometimes I'll help my friends, um, different producers just sing a hook or cause writing is also, it constitutes like not just the words, but also the melody that's all that's considered writing, composing. And so... Yeah. Um, I like doing some riffs and ad libs and sometimes I'll get a lot of those influences from a lot of just jazz music or I'll listen to guitar riffs and then I'll try to sing that. And so it'll just sound cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So do you play instruments as well? I, I, I know that you mentioned piano at piano, a young age. Guitar. Okay. Okay, cool. But my focus is more on singing yeah. and dancing and the performance. Right, right. Um, totally... I did get in an, um, a conversation like an artist versus a, mu a musician. And uh -huh. I'm more an artist, yeah. a creative. 
Um, just like that's my forte, singing and dancing, performing. That's solid. Yeah. The um, the the there's a strategy, I guess, where like. I know, okay, I know Ryan Leslie, for instance. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, if you're familiar with him, he's a producer as well. And then he has his own, like, um, songs and albums. But there's a song called Gibberish. And Gibberish, he's literally not saying anything that you can comprehend. Like, he's just mumbling words or <laughs> mumbling sounds out. Is that similar to your humming that you're talking about? Like, you could be in the shower or driving your car and just humming something out, and then it develops? Yes. Yeah? And so sometimes I'll, like, hum lullabies in bed, and I'll be like... But since I, like, I'm human and I can forget, I like <laughs> to always have my phone and I record. Sometimes I'll be, like, mid-shower, and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to forget that. Yeah. So hop out and, like, record it. Oh, and so, sure. like... I just have everything saved on my phone, um, just different notes. You got to take note of things you like, and then sometimes you can go back to it like in a couple years and just find it and embellish from there. Voice memos is your friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably so have like thousands saved. I'm like, oh, my God, where do I start now? Like, I get it. It's just an inventory of good things for your life so i need to be better at that as far as taking notes on my phone um on the spot i'll think of something and i'm like dang that's a great idea and then moving you, on <laughs> and then you forget yeah. yeah and then and then i'll come back to like oh gosh i really needed that one idea come on it was there it was yeah. there I'm terrible at it dude yeah i need to, i need to be better about that um, cool. Well, thanks for sharing your method. I yeah. guess it, it really, it, it just varies on mood and it varies on situation and yeah. like spark of inspiration can be very sporadic. So, um, there isn't really a method necessarily. It just has to be natural and true, true yeah. to you, huh? I, and I've been to different like songwriting or not songwriting, um, singer conventions and I've seen different songwriting classes and like it's art. You can do it yourself and there has there doesn't have to be any rules um going back to patsy klein um there's a formation for usually the radio songs have a chorus a or a verse a chorus a verse a chorus a bridge and a chorus and if you listen to patsy klein excuse me she just does the chorus over and over again and so i'm like she has said fuck the rules and she yeah. just did it and that's why she's amazing um or even if you listen to queen they or muse like yeah. they say no rules and that's the fun part it's your work so just do it it's art yeah man there i'm in a i'm in a group a uh, a creative collective group that's on facebook and um one of the questions because they try to kind of engage um all different artists and different creatives of completely different platforms right and um one of the questions that they ask to kind of keep the group engaged and kind of in discussion is like how do you define art and gosh i, I it's like i hate and love that question all at the same time yeah. because that's and that's exactly what art is yeah it is a, it's a relationship of like the product and like who who's really 
interpreting the, it exactly the beauty is in, in the eye of the beholder the whole bit some people might think that queen sucks yeah and then other people and i'm one of them that feels like like it, it was way ahead of its time still don't understand like really what was behind all of that right um you said that Patsy Cline said, fuck the rules. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's what art is about. It's like, dis it's disrupting the norm and, and like kind of challenging what your ideals are, right? Um, getting all philosophical on, on it with you. But I guess all I'm saying is that I respect the where you come from as far as taking your time with your music as well. I think that that's the reason why you, you want to fall in love with the work first before um, publishing it for others to hear. Mm -hmm. Um I'm kind of jumping ahead here because I mean, I had laid out some questions, but like now that we're on that topic, do you, do you have work now that um, people can find and listen to? Not currently. Cause I am still in the process of recording and fin finalizing all of that. Okay. And then we're, I got to find the right distributors for that. Sure. Um, but June, I will have a single. Oh, right on. Diamond in the rough. Yeah. That's the song yes. that I heard at that recent event. So yes. Cool. Tell me about that, that Diamond in the Rough. Um, um, like, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the, the, the lyrics and inspiration behind all yeah. of that? Go for it. That was actually the first song I ever wrote. Oh, cool. Um, I started off with the chorus. And then I wrote that at the end of college and then had my relationship. And then after I broke up with him, I was like, I called my producer friend and I was like, I want it. I want to do music. And so like, he was like, okay, let's do it. And like, so I just hit him up at the studio and, um, I built that relationship with my producer and he's able to interpret what I want. So that relationship with your producer is very critical. Like you have to have a chemistry. And so, um, he was like, well, you need lyrics. And I'm like, Oh, let me write. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I put pressure on myself and it started off with the chorus and then I just did that inner work and these are lyrics where I just want to encourage people because I was just so down on myself and so I'm like well what would I tell myself when I'm going through hard times and so I just gave myself the kindest words because you need to have mm. self-love when you're down and you're not strong. So that's powerful. it's a song for me. It's a song for everyone else. It's a universal song. You know, and that's exactly how I... So I got to watch you perform that, that song at Infinite Expression last month, two months ago. And um, I definitely got that it could be a heart a song about heartbreak and at the same time it was also a song for anybody else that might be going through just a rough anything. patch like anything yeah. and you kept it very universal and i think that's what kind of speaks um so well in in that in that verse or in that song i should say um because it's it can be interpreted in so many ways and you talk about art like it really takes it's challenging to write something universal because you want it to be so personal you want it to be about your situation and you want to hold true to that yet at the same time you want other people to relate to that um curious to know steffi why why do you want others to benefit from your song why is it important to you what's in it for you because I know people go through the same emotions and self-doubt that I go through. Um, I'm not the only one, and that kind of puts me in a 
in the world, I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm not as different as everyone. Like we, that is our connection. Like, and that's why we have to be here for each other. Um, I want my songs to be friendly and I want people to know that they have a friend because sometimes they're just so lonely and I'm like, dude, I got you. Like, so I, I try, then that's why I like delivering. I like to perform. This is for you. And this is for me. This is for everyone. And so it's not, it teaches you about selflessness and it's not about just me. Like, I'm not the only one going through a hard time. He's going through a hard time. She's going through a hard time in their own way. And mm. so that's where I'm like, hey, I got you. I get it. That, to some extent. That's you know? dope. Yeah. You need to put out that album, girl. Like, because <laughs> it's a strong message and where it comes from and um, just the origin of, of where your inspiration comes from to, to like not only help yourself, but also inspire someone else and encourage someone else to to let them know that there's someone there too. Yeah. That it's not all rainbows and butterflies, dude. It's like, there's some real stuff in the world that we all deal with. Yeah. And that's what inspires your music. Um, you mentioned something about connecting us. Um, that is really like, now, now we're so accessible to one another. And having platforms like, shoot, Spotify, if we're, if we're in, you know, in your world and mine, when it comes to voice, um, it's a great platform for people to kind of find new artists, new messages. I mean, there's spoken word on there, there's podcasts, and of course there's music, which is what they're mo most known for. Um, it's so weird because like technology is looked upon so negatively. And I think like this is our prime opportunity to like evolve and connect one another so much more. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you've got a project in the works that can like really contribute to that space. Yes. Um, so freaking hurry up. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I know. And people, they're like, where is it? And I'm like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. That's and cool. so it's like, Eminem, you know, you got one, one, one chance, you <laughs> <Yes>. know. <laughs> Dude, I just listened to that song last night. That's so funny. Um, but it will. Yeah, because yeah. Because I want to. And... I'm totes kidding about hurrying yeah. <laughs> up. You know, I'm just, but, but I, I guess I'm inspired by the by where it comes from, and that's really, it's encouraging. Yeah. Um, it's it's comforting to know that there's people out there that want their art to be impacting others in a positive way. So yeah. legit and respect to you. And that's why I'm so excited for the world because. Everyone is delivering on social media, like from dancers to singers. Like, I imagine like a trolls world coming, like, dude, like everyone just singing and dancing and enjoying <laughs> life. And like, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Like, it's not a competition, it's all about just enjoying it and sharing. Dude, we got one shot at this thing. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, why not enjoy it, right? Yeah. And one And enjoy one another. Um, Switching gears a little bit, uh, I, I usually ask this question of people who've kind of gone through, um, you know, a, a, a unique journey to get to where they are. And wherever that it place is, a lot of them say that, like, I'm not there yet. But there's, we're always still in the process. And I kind of love the process. Yeah. Is And that seems to be a common theme and message. That process comes with some hard stuff. Um, is there a major setback that you're willing to share um, that you've had to overcome just in just in your journey of artistry or even in life that really kind of like defines or pivots your life? I mean, I'm, 
I feel like I have gone through depression throughout my life. Mm. Um, just especially with the loss of my grandma. She was my sunshine. And right now, like with the art and people who have inspired me, it's honoring them through the, through my music. And so that's why I say music is healing. Cool. Yeah. If, um, if you don't mind, um, I know that you and I spoke a couple of times prior to recording today, um, and you alluded to something that was an, an unfortunate event. Um, I didn't want to touch on it during that conversation then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious to know if you're willing to dive into that with me in this space. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly my grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, heartbreak. Um just you had a really close relationship with her then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. How old were you? I was 16, so about when I stopped music as well. Got it. Okay. And so since then, that's where everything was just like, what do I do now? My rock is gone. Wow. And so, I mean, that affected how I lived. Yeah. Yeah. Loss yeah. is something that you still go through like i'm still grieving yeah but there's a healthy way to grieve too and that's honoring them and you're doing it through music Mm -hmm. um how important was it to have other people involved in your process of healing um and i know that that's still in progress right now but when you look at the way that you articulated helping somebody else through your art and through your music and, you know, offering some encouragement and positive light through your craft and your talent. Who have you surrounded yourself by to encourage your healing out of that too? My mom and my dad. um, And then just friends. I'm lucky to have the friends that I have. And sometimes I push those people away too. Just because I like, I can't believe like how much they love me. Hmm. Sometimes I'm like, what? And so that's where I'm like, okay, Steffi, like you love them. And sometimes you need help. So you have to accept it. Right on. And accepting help is, it involves pride. And so sometimes my pride is high. Sure. And you got to put it down. I've had moments like that for yeah. sure. Like, I mean, I, I push positive mindset yeah. on, on social, you know, and, um, and that's the reason why I do this show is because I know that it takes mental fortitude to fight through some of the challenges as creatives, um, in really unorthodox, you know, paths mm-hmm. to success. It, all that comes with so much struggle and it's hard to say like everything is always good. The truth about it for me anyways, and I'm speaking for myself here, is that I've had situations even in recent times um, where I've just felt like, you know, like brush it off. You're, go- you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, things get hard or whatever, but like don't be weak about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where like that the pride is kind of tapping you on the shoulder and saying, yeah, you got it right. Like don't be weak. But there's something about vulnerability that like when you finally tell yourself the truth and stop freaking hiding from yourself for once, Mm -hmm. um, 
there's so many doors that open to like actually feeling better about your situation. Um, And it is, it comes down to accepting the people that are around you that actually are in your corner that you're not even paying attention to, um, but they're there for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And once you turn around, they're all waiting for you and saying, hey, come, come back, like take a step back for a second everything's going to be all right. It's just not, it's it's just not all right right now. And that's okay. I don't think people hear that enough. No. And that's why I wrote Diamond in the Rough because I'm like, I was so hard on myself and I'm still hard on myself. And you just have to keep tearing down those walls. Yeah. And just shine. Heck yeah. (laughs) Um, all right. So album, um, is in the works. Yes. single diamond in the rough next month next june yes okay cool um and, and where would be where can we anticipate finding diamond in the rough spotify and itunes for sure yes. right on which is are like the best platforms right now to yes. really be found right um cool you know i i get a grasp of where you're coming from steffi and that's really what i wanted is just like who is this person what's what is it about their music? After hearing you sing Diamond in the Rough um, at Infinite Expression, I was even more intrigued, as I mentioned earlier in the discussion. And knowing where it all really comes from, um, I'm really appreciative of the fact that you were able to share like where pain and suffering might become like something positive for others to feel. And it was healing for yourself. And it's obviously impacted others because the people in that audience that day, they were, they were all in. I mean, the people that were like getting their beer at the bar, <laughs> they stopped what they were doing. I, I mean, because I was emceeing the show and I, I looked at the audience and everyone was in. And there's something about your presence on stage, your sincerity and vulnerability in a song like Diamond in the Rough that really makes a positive um, influence in other people's mindset. So can't wait till June comes. Well, thank you. Really can't wait until the the album comes out because I've got a feeling that more of those themes are going to be emerging in that in that project. Am yes. I right? Yes, yes. Cool. Okay, let me ask you one more question. When all is said and done, I mean at the end of all of our lives, which we will come to, what do you want to be most remembered for? So, um I told you how I made $200 when I was like 5 Five years old. Yeah. One of the songs that I sang or the song that I sang was The Greatest Love of All and sung by Whitney Houston. And I want people to just always love themselves. So I think that song still resonates to this day and always. Right on. And that's the so message you want to leave. Everybody love yourself. Love yourself. <laughs> All right, Steffi, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Um, one last thing, how can people find you on social or any other platform for that matter so they can learn more about you? Uh, Steffi Abayan Music on Instagram and Steffi Abayan on Spotify. Solid. Yeah. Oh, cool. I haven't yeah. looked. That That is just my artist, so. That's fine. Avenge, on June. In June. Yes. All right, so Steffi Abayan Music. Yes. Um, on Instagram and Stephia Bayan on Spotify. Yes. Solid. Go check her out. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Steffi.
All right, big ups to Steffi for joining me in a studio, no less, to share her experience in hustling her passion. Again, I respect her stance on building a product that satisfies her ambitions and that she doesn't pander to the opinion or the timeline of other people's agenda, like someone who might be signed to a label might be subjected to. And again, I go back to the questions that I asked in the beginning of the episode. What are some of your discomforts in the work that you do? What makes you feel confident in the product that you put out? And what would it take for you to better manage the balance between the two of those things? Hit me up on Instagram, underscore Eddie Mac, and let's talk about it. I would love to hear from you straight to the DMs, and let's talk some more about this discussion. And as always, I ask for just one thing as I share these interview sessions with you. Take what you learned today and share it with a buddy. Copy and paste the link into your group texts, you know, screenshot this episode and post it up on your stories and just spread the word because quite frankly, that is the most effective way that this podcast has even grown over the course of the last year or so. So thank you guys so much for continuing to do so. And again, that's my only ask of you is just please share it with your friends. Let them know what you're learning and tell them why you like it so much. And finally, make it a stellar day today. Make sure you go about it with purpose, passion, and positivity. Let's go.